In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the internet. A feat attempted by many and conquered by many to produce a relatively listenable podcast. Devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know that, right? <laughs> no! Wait! Oh, okay. no. They're puppets. Don't ruin it! And <laughs> Muppets is, are puppets. This is kind of <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever, but uh, I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea. <laughs> Asking the important questions. What is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's it's a Hulkbuster. Hulk Hulkbuster armor. That's, that's, that's how he fights the Iron Man. <laughs> this is the Cinesnaw Podcast. I like I like your sweater, Kiko. I I just wanted to rub it in, guys. Just wanted to rub it in. Kiko is wearing a totally white. Hoodie? It used to be white. <laughs> Wait, uh, some Clorox will clear that up. It, oh, uh, but it's I a take ba- away his eyes. Those are like screen printed. It's Baymax's oh. face, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's. Uh, I don't know that I could pull off wearing a totally white. Oh, I'm not saying I can pull it off. I just, <laughs> it's, it's cold outside. It's one of those things that, that's gotten so comfortable that I'll put it on every weekend, even though it's never been washed. Yeah, have you? <laughs> well, that was like <laughs> four or five months ago, right? <laughs> Do you wear it out anywhere? Oh, totally, man. Do people recognize it? Uh, yeah, some people do. Cause they want to know where I got it from. They want to. They want to buy one. And strange children come up and hug you. Yeah, because if I, I tell people I'm going to scan them, that's my pickup line. Can I scan <laughs> May I examine can you? I, can I? Can I give you a full body scan? You're rubbing it in because we didn't like Big Hero 6 as much as you did, and it won the Oscar? Right. That's uh, right. That's right, guys. Uh, <clears throat> before we get to anything else, welcome to episode 39 of the wow, Sinus Not Podcast. 39. 39. It's going to be 39 forever, baby. <laughs> never, turn in, never turn in 40. Uh, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Kiko Martinez. Do you notice how deep Cody's voice is today? <laughs> I know. He's, he's, he's talking like he's like, he's, like sick. But he's he's just really trying something. Else yeah, I'm out. just I'm practicing my new voice. Uh, you know, just to you know, we've got this illusion of radio, so I think I need a better. I'm Cody Diafania. Hey, everybody! <laughs> Welcome to the show. No, not like a clown. <laughs> That's just my like, radio voice. Like, hey there, I'm Cody Diafania. Ooh, that got a little Spanishy. Yeah, I think that was a little racist. Probably. Racist, <laughs> racist. <laughs> that would be like I'm Cody Diafania. I'm Cody Diafania. <laughs> You know, it's it's not racist when Kiko does it, but when Jarrett does it, I feel really like offended, like deep in my bones. You're, but you're you're like half uh, Hispanic, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so you you can the you better can... half. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what does that, that mean? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but our skin tones are really similar. Yeah, so. I'm not I'm not brown traditionally speaking, uh, skin tone wise. <laughs> <Not brown. laughs> This is probably we should probably stop talking about this right now. Yeah, I'm more beige, you know. You're beigey. <laughs> hey, uh, right off the bat, this week is our big Cinesnob event, yeah. free screening of the King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters. If you're listening to this before Wednesday, March fourth, at seven thirty p.m. Central Time, the screening is Wednesday, March fourth, seven thirty p.m. <laughs> 
Central Time at Alamo Drafthouse Westlakes here in San Antonio. Um, we have sold out the theater twice. The, twice. Uh, we've been moved to the biggest theater. We've been um, moved to the AT&T Center. Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Spurs are going to take another night off at the Rodeo Road Trip. No, uh, so we are in the biggest theater. There are, as of this recording, some tickets left. You can visit cinesnob.net slash events. Or you can just look for the events tab on cinesnob.net. That oh. has been added. Good job. Way to go. Thank you. And you didn't crash the website or anything? No, I, I did this on my own. <laughs> just... And uh, yeah, we um, we should we should have quite a few tickets left. I, well, I, I don't know. I haven't had an update recently. But once these ones are gone, it's probably gone for good. And Because um, we can't be moved into a bigger theater. We are in yeah. the biggest theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we are working on uh, some in-theater surprises. Yes. We can't get into that. We will have some giveaways from our friend uh, Bob at Big Bob's Burgers. He's got some gift certificates for us to give away. Ooh. So you can win uh, food. Yeah. Delicious burger. I mean, there's going to be food at the Draft House, which is great. But then when you're elsewhere from the Draft House, you can maybe win some food. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, and uh, there'll be a, a video Q&A with star Steve Wiebe. Yes, we recorded that last weekend. How did you think it got, went? Uh, I think it went great. Yeah, I was I was happy with it. He was he was pretty game, and he uh... he was talking uh, sports with us as we uh, <laughs> yeah as we changed cards in the camera to record and yeah yeah no he was he was a good guy. He brought up the Spurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he lives in Seattle, so he was kind of he's a, kind of an old bitter Sonics fan. Oh, okay. Um, no bitter Sonics fan. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the 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 norm up there when like the Sonics left, they just stopped caring about the NBA. Right, yeah. right. Um, so you had to bring up the um, Super Bowl as well. Uh, I didn't bring it up. Uh, no, did I think we talk we, Super Bowl. No, I think we kind of you know gracefully didn't bring it up. I'm sure he. Hey, they just got a win though last year, so you yeah, can't really but... complain about this year. Well, I don't know. It's it's like would you? It's it's, it's like asking us: Are we going to still complain about? The year before last, when the Spurs got killed, or you know, had that game six loss, like it's still gonna suck. Still gonna sting a little. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. But <clears throat> well, way, way to be gentlemen, guys. Not bring it up. <laughs> we did talk about how uh, uh, the the Astros suck now. Yeah, which I guess is our default baseball team. Uh, yeah, it's the Rangers now for people around here. But I'm I've I've been an Astros fan since I was a kid. As so. a as a as a mi- very minor baseball fan, I've always been an Astros fan. Yeah, I have a Houston Astros cap that I love to wear, but uh, they've sucked for like ten years now. So yeah, I've never been a followed baseball, but I remember liking John Crook. <laughs> is that is that weird? I don't, I don't know, know who that is. Te- frankly, he played for the Phillies. He was first base, right? Uh, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> We're getting a little too far into the baseball weeds here. <laughs> I don't know anything. A little about too it. inside baseball. Oh. Literally. Oh God, you guys. Anyway, so that is uh, Wednesday, March fourth, Alamo Draft House, Westlakes. Oh, and um, sorry to interrupt. We will also have those posters for sale. Oh yeah, we've got uh, some awesome prints by uh, um, designed by a friend of mine, Scott Fuller, uh, who also lives in Seattle now. Uh, him and Steve Weeby are neighbors. <laughs> Not really. If he if he like ever found Steve Weeby, he'd be just excited. 
They're, they're really cool posters. I'm really impressed by what your friend did. Yeah, no, we will have them uh, for sale. He was gracious enough to to give us his design to use, and he even you know added our stuff to it, event info and logo and things. So uh, we will have some very limited number of those prints on sale for ten dollars each. Um, they're well worth it. Uh, we're <laughs> we're each claiming one. I know. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So prints, uh, giveaways, actual uh, movie, actual movie, uh, Q and A. So uh, did you did, have y'all get, have y'all watched uh, King of Kong before the screening again? No, I was gonna. I'm saving it for the screening. Really? I haven't. I've never seen it on in, in a theater before. So uh, I thought about rewatching it for the Q and A, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna enjoy this. I in can't the remember if I saw it in the theater or not. I didn't. I never saw it on the. Th- I think the first time I actually saw it was on G four before oh, it really? died. I, no, I'm. I say, I, I'm trying to remember when it pre- or how it premiered. Like if it was at a festival or. Uh, uh, I was it at South by Southwest. I'm thinking that that's maybe where I saw it. Okay. I I don't know. I I did rewatch it I on DVD remember. before the Q and A. Oh, just because okay. I had, it had been at least seven years. Does since it I'd hold up? It. Oh yeah, no, it's great. I uh, mean, I've I've seen it so many times, so I remember it very well the thing about it is it's really timeless you know because there's yeah. not you know there's not a i mean you know the game this is the, the games that they're all playing are all Older, already right. 30 years old right, so right. there's no it's not like he's playing a n64 or a playstation 2 or something right. like that that's going to immediately age it so yeah that's interesting that's a i didn't think of it that way it's that's a timeless a documentary we should have used that in the marketing shit <laughs> next time next time all right that's enough of this let's go ahead and move on to news it's time for the real rundown recapping this week in movie news first up since we uh missed out on it last week let's do a little brief oscars wrap up Woo-hoo. so uh guys surprises uh anything you expected didn't expect I don't think there was any huge surprises. Um, everything kind of fell into place the way we thought it would. I mean, I, I um, there there's things that happened that I would have liked to have seen go another way, but it's not like I flipped out when it happened. It wasn't like like what Crash getting nom- get, getting a Best Picture win or something like that. I, I would have loved to have seen Michael Keaton win Best d- yeah. Best Actor. I was mm-hmm. a little disappointed that he didn't, uh, mostly because I mean, I mean, Redmayne is Redmayne is. Uh, uh, has something to adapt his performance from. Um, Keaton created an original character. A lot of people say that about um, the uh, now both deceased uh, Heath Ledger and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. Uh, Oscars that, that Heath Ledger should have won for Brokeback Mountain because he was creating a character from, from nothing. Exactly. While, while uh, Hoffman was just, you know, doing a Capote well, impression. Not I mean, it's not right, that right, simple, right, right. but... I think that... That happens a lot, especially in the best actor category. Mm-hmm. If you're playing someone who already exists or it's a biopic of some kind, you've got a leg up. Yeah. Because people have something to base your performance off of. Right. 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 Um, I agree with that one. I think that was the most egregious, you know, Oscar that was uh, Oscar pick for them. Um, I would have loved to have seen a a split of picture and director. I don't care which way. Yeah. Um. I mean, I loved Birdman. It was number two on my top ten, so I'm totally cool with it winning Best Picture. But I would have liked to see Linklater win director or swap it. Um, I really wanted to see a split so both movies could get recognized because Boyhood only getting one Oscar is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that Birdman won um, 
screenplay. Uh, it was my favorite screenplay of the year, but I thought that, I really thought Wes Anderson was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I had picked Birdman to win. I just just because I thought it was the best thing that was written last year. Um, so I was happy with that. Uh, what else? What else happened? I see. I thought. Uh, well, going back to that, I thought Anderson would win because that's where they kind of traditionally honor the stuff that's a little too off the mainstream. Right. Or... And since they gave it to Spike Jones last year, right. uh, I, I, Wes Anderson was a safe pick. I mean, it could have happened that way, but well, yeah, especially when you have stuff that's a little bit more comedy. Uh, I you know has more comedy in it, like you know Little Miss Sunshine, um, Juno. You know, those are all movies that are a little bit comedy skewed. Mm-hmm. That the, like if they're if the Oscars are going to pick a weird movie, it's usually in that category. Yeah, and something you brought up before the Oscars that now I'm thinking about it, and it seems like it's completely true now is the fact that Birdman wins Best Picture, and it's an in, insider type movie about the industry. Right. See, I which, don't I don't see that as much though. I mean, it's not it's not really Hollywood as much as it is theater. Well, but but it sort of it 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 takes on the idea of a fading actor. It takes on the idea of superhero movies and big budget movies and sort of uh, an actor who will go to the theater to try to, you know, find himself or prove himself as a worthy actor. So I think it's I think it's sort of like that. The thing that was most surprising, though, is that Birdman wins picture, director and writer, but not actor. Like, I don't Um, I don't understand how it takes like people love the movie so much that they give it all those awards. But yet Michael Keaton doesn't get in. Well, maybe I don't know how the. I don't know how the Academy thinks or uh, well the the weirdest thing I don't know if you ever see read those uh, Hollywood Reporter um, um, ballots that are what yeah. are they what uh-huh. are they called like uh, the death the, the the truth ballot or I don't know yeah. somebody speaking like off the cuff type oh of thing. I, I read one earlier that, uh, <clears throat> last week I hate the fact that I mean if you had a if you had a vote in the Oscars, wouldn't you take that so fucking seriously? I mean, you're basically being a part of like history. You, you can make or break or change the course of somebody's, you know, win or non win. And some of the people seem very like, Oh, you know, I don't really watch animated films, so I'm going to abstain from this. And, or I don't think, I mean, come on, sit down and watch the five that are nominated. It's you, you gotta, you're honored to be part of this group. Just do it. Well, I mean, I read one, and I don't know if it was the same one you read. Um, there was a woman that she hadn't even seen all the documentary stuff, and right, we, right? And we had at right. that point, exactly. It just seems like a, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge anybody else's job performance because, I mean, it is time consuming to do. You know what I mean? Like, if you, I, I would rather someone abstain from the vote than vote for something just because they they think that might. Well, one. I mean, I understand that, but I mean, if you're, I'm just saying you're part of this organization that's, you know, you ha- has a h- huge voice in this industry, and you can't take the time to do s- something that they gave you responsibility to do. I mean, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. The, the one that I read, the woman, um, I think it was a woman, had talked about her reasoning for best picture was totally just screwball. oh it was so stupid was I've this the one where she's like I, the one people are going to remember years from now is the theory of everything yeah and uh, not really I yeah mean, I saw that three months ago and oh I yeah really she's remember. the one it's the one she's the one that said that um, the theory of everything was the only um, was the I'm sorry was the <laughs> was Kiko the, had an idea <laughs> <laughs> it was the only movie she liked out of the eight and it's yeah. like come on lady you know I mean. You can you can say that they, I don't know you can say that like 
you can't say that about the other. Th- I mean, you can hate maybe one or two of them, but not all eight of them. Well, or all seven of the other seven. I mean, it just goes to show that. Uh, I I think she wanted Guardians of the Galaxy, right? In, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm voting for Guardians of the Galaxy for everything that it's nominated yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, then, which movie that I liked, but I think that it helps the telecast um, from our perspective. You know, since we've seen all the short films, so like when those categories come up, it's not. Always like, hey, bathroom break is short films. Like, <laughs> like we kind of, yeah. And I hate that too because I mean, it's like disrespecting those those uh, filmmakers. I mean, yeah, nobody really has seen those movies. But I think one of the ballots that I read was like, I don't know, it said something like, I have, I don't have time for this, or I have a life, or something. I don't know. It's just like, frankly, I'm surprised those awards get televised. Still, I'm surprised they haven't squeezed it out to. Because what's there? Twenty four televised awards, right? And then, I mean, and just all the bullshit. Well, speaking of, let's talk about the telecast itself, which was a disaster. <laughs> you know what? I was very uh, impressed with the opening sequence, and I even tweeted like uh, Neil Patrick Harris for president because that opening um, musical number was great. And then, yeah. as soon as I hit enter on that tweet, I was like, "Shit, I shouldn't have done that" because it just <laughs> went downhill from there. Well, uh, and it was full of. Uh, Sub Cody Viafania level puns <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Cody could actually, uh, you know, host the Oscars. I could get a gig. I was like, writing. did you ghostwrite this, Cody? <laughs> I am insulted that you would compare <laughs> those puns to mine. I mean, there was a lot of. I, and look, I've liked Neil Patrick Harris in the brief things that I've seen him do. Uh, I never watched the Tonys just because I'm not a Broadway fan. What about Doogie Howser? Did you well, like yeah, Doogie of course Howser? I like Doogie Howser. And I mean, uh, even How I Met Your Mother, a show that I didn't don't really follow his performance is fine in that but this was just a disaster and there was that long running gag about the the box or the his picks locked up in the box mm-hmm. it's pretty, yeah that was just fell flat and then i read a review later in the week or a, a story later in the week that that was actually a real magic trick like there were, he actually consulted with a magician for it oh to get so the- it was a, like real sleight of hand involved like, who gave a shit? Like, were you supposed to be watching the live stream of the box in order to know that nobody messed with it? Oh, was there really a live stream? Yeah, you um, could go watch the, a live stream well, of the who fucking... Who the hell will it, who would have done that? I, I'm I mean, sure someone did, but it just was... I don't know. It was... The Oscars always have problems, telecast-wise. I wonder if they're ever going to figure it out. Are they ever going to go have a show that goes well from beginning to end that doesn't have some element of it that people just go what the fuck happened it's too easy to pick on but i mean not it's too easy to pick on but really you know patrick harris i don't know if i should blame him or not of the 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 joke writing yeah no Um, i know but i mean you're the blame always lies squarely on the host right you know i think that there's been uh i read this article and i cannot find it anywhere but um, it was about the two producers of the Oscars who have done it for the past few years. It's uh, Craig Zidane and Neil Meron. Mar- they did the NBC show Smash, right? Well, yeah, and they they uh, they produce Chicago and Hairspray. They're musical yeah, guys, right? And that explains the weird musical stuff that's been happening the past few years, like the Sound of Music thing that happened this year, just inexplicably, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh, and then the Jennifer Hudson song that came after the exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm. I, I. You can definitely take out all the musical performances that aren't associated with the actual Oscars. I love the um, "Everything Is Awesome" performance. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Of course, uh, 
the Selma oh, the, yeah. piece was freaking amazing. That's um, the one. That's the one that I was like. Well, fuck my pick for Clint Campbell's song <laughs> yeah. is gonna. I mean, because there's no way that they do that amazing. Well, set I mean, piece yeah, that, exactly, exactly. And then, um, but the Glenn, even um, what's his name? Seeing Glenn Campbell was really touching, you know. I mean, so I, a lot of people are, were always. I remember back in the day or a few years ago, a lot of people were complaining about actually performing the Oscar songs. But I, I like that. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting, especially I like it when too. you, yeah. especially when you get somebody. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that they got what's his name. Uh, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, yeah. To sing that, um, you know, they, it's 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 an interesting way that they put it together. But the, all the extra crap, I mean, you can easily cut it out. Well, it, and it, well, I said something like this when we were on Twitter, but it's like the one year that I can remember where uh, the host Neil Patrick Harris actually popped up a lot. He didn't disappear into the show like most hosts do in awards <laughs> shows, and it was the worst year possible for that to happen <laughs> because it would just be him uh, doing his stupid. You know, briefcase shtick, or you know, just really terrible introductions, or like walking down the aisles, and I, I, well, then like butchering names, like yeah. David Yellowo, and uh, and then and then and then like making a joke about it in the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just I, I liked Ellen last year. I mean, I thought that was. I mean, it was fine. In but in retrospect, but, but it, think it, about how long last year, like that pizza party scene or thing was. That was like. 10 minutes but you but you remember it as like it's not like a like oh my god it was just like oh yeah that happened they need to have the oscars a little bit more uh i, I don't know like edgy or I, I like it's it's difficult to say like do you, do you remember when uh chris rock hosted mm, yeah vaguely. He, and he did like 10 minutes of stand-up that was his opening just like stand-up of, of people in the room and stuff mm-hmm. like that well i liked seth mcfarland too but most people don't I thought that that the song at the beginning about seeing boobs and having Jennifer Lawrence play along. You know, I, you're, I think you're the only person who liked that. <laughs> Everyone else thought it was like misogynistic and sexist, and you're like, boobies, boobies, boobies. There's not just because it's just because it mentions boobs doesn't make it misogynist. But whatever. I would like them to go back to the um, the Steve Martin Alec Baldwin pairing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. I think they just need to start from scratch and find somebody else. Well, the, I think the production numbers, I, I don't know. I mean, unless it's something super popular or, you know, I mean, because bringing Lady Gaga out to sing The Sound of Music certainly is buzzworthy. But what the fuck does it have to do with anything? And then you end up cutting, you know, you cut people short on the biggest night of their lives. <laughs> you know, or, you don't, or you don't include people in the... In memoriam because he didn't have enough time to put everybody in. Yeah, I, I, I do. Just... Li- I do like that this year was the first year that uh, the the playoff music was beaten. It was <laughs> defeated by I, I think the first person who got it was the director of Ida. Uh, uh, Ida, or was it? Was that who? Yeah, it was the one that kept on. Yeah, yeah, he kept on talking. I think he, was... he, ta- he kept on talking until the playoff music ended. And it was left with silence, and I've never seen that. Well, and there was before. a lot of. Uh, well, didn't they used to cut the mics though? I don't think they cut the mics they anymore. Would, they used to would cut the mic, and like you know, the shot would pull out. They do a wide shot of the auditorium and stuff. You see the cane come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sandman Sims from uh, Showtime at the Apollo comes sweeps you off the stage. Uh, there were a lot of uh, statement speeches too. Oh, it was really political. I was surprised about how political it got. I mean, there was you know, racism. There was feminism. There was. Um, Anti-bullying, anti-bullying, gay rights. Gay rights. Yeah. 
everything. I mean, it's it's the place to do it because it's buzzworthy. I mean, it's I don't, buzzworthy. I don't have a problem with it at all, personally. But uh, if that's what you want to do with your time, I mean, it's fine with me. But well, I mean, uh, it becomes memorable and it becomes like a talking point. So there's no real. I don't see any real downside to it. I mean, unless you do something like that's really unpopular. Uh, like when Michael Moore said something about I don't know when he won for um, bowling for Columbine, he said something about the Bush administration or something. I don't remember what he said about war or something, but he kind of got booed at that. Anyway, yeah, the Oscars were okay. I mean, it was pretty slow. Um, Who won amongst us? Was it Cody? No, I was tied with Kiko. Oh, oh yeah, I went. Off my stellar twenty one for twenty four last year, I went like fourteen for twenty four. And this was after you were on another podcast as your as an Oscar expert. Uh, or movie. fourteen is for fifteen is pretty good though for. But I mean, nothing for, was like way off. This right. was like I picked Boyhood over Birdman. It's not like you know, like yeah. I was American Sniper is going to win it all. <laughs> and then you know, like stuff like screenplay and yeah. I mean, and then the short film, I thought they weren't going to. Sp- I thought they would split between that two, was interesting. Uh, between because there was two the short film doc and the short film narrative both were basically about, about the same outlines yeah so i thought that they would i did too split but at any rate no banana split i'm so tired guys <laughs> god even neil patrick harris is shaking his head at that one <laughs> whatever all right let's go ahead and move on to our next item uh one of cody's favorite movies of all time <laughs> let's not go that far mcgruber is uh Getting a sequel, Will Will Forte uh, has a new show starting tonight on Fox called The Last Man on Earth, which is also from producers uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, uh, and they directed the pilot. Oh, did they direct the pilot? Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch this tonight. Um, anyway, uh, MacGruber 2 is coming. How or... is this possible? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. So, uh, Cody, you know more about this than anybody else at this table, so... Yeah, uh, so, you know, MacGruber is not what we would call a traditional hit. Uh, I don't think it be, it's any kind of hit, is it? It's a, it's be, It has a cult following at this okay. point. Was it critically, um, you know, acclaimed? Not acclaimed, but was it given pretty positive reviews? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I thought it was, like, kind of split down the middle. It, uh, it ended up on Rotten Tomatoes at um, 47%. Well, that's about half. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't find it. I didn't find it terrible. I didn't. I, I, like, I, like frankly, I think it's great. Frankly, it's totally. I remember almost nothing about it. Really? I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I just. I need to watch it again now that, that it's gotten more culty. Yeah. I, I think I. You know what? I think this is how long ago I watched it. Was I got it on DVD from Netflix? Oh wow! So I was I, at. It, it's. Uh, it remains to this day. The only screening I've ever been to where I've seen people walk out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where, how'd you see this? At a? Were you paid to see it? Or? No, it was at a, a press screening or a pre-screening oh, wow. or whatever. Um, it, uh, <laughs> but anyway, you know, the original had a budget of ten million, very modestly budgeted, and it only made like eight back domestically. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a recipe for a sequel right there. But here's the thing: it has a cult following. Um, there, uh, you know, there's been articles written about how uh, it just bombed, and then afterwards, people really started loving it, and it's now this like cult classic um, because it's so it's it's ridiculous and it's it's so over the top, and it's it's really funny. I I think that people do not give this movie enough credit for how funny it is, and especially within um, 
like the industry, like the comedy industry, um, people, uh, comedians and people who work on SNL and, and stuff like that, they really are attached to the movie. So anyway, um, they are, they've allegedly have like an outline for it. And, um, so that one article I read that said that it might already be in the can isn't true. No, I think people took that Will Forte's too. words and, <laughs> and minced them up a little bit. But, okay. um, I thought that was too, yeah, I thought that would have been impossible. Could to do. this be something that, that, like we've seen with uh, Joe Dirt two, and uh, I guess the upcoming uh, Pee Wee Herman movie, just goes straight to to on demand services on like straight to Netflix something like that. Yeah, it, possibly. I mean, because that way you can you can modestly budget it again. I mean, the first one was made for ten million and it looked pretty slick. I mean, it it looked good. So do you give it another ten million or even more? I mean, most most sequels get more money, I but would, I, I would know. think that they could probably do it for ten million again. And then you know, I mean, for people who don't know, it was directed by. Um, uh, one of the guys from The Lonely Island, um, Yorma, Yorma uh, directed the movie. Um, and so, you know, may, they may they may have a higher, I mean, they do have a higher profile now. Um, so maybe they're able to sell it a little bit better. I don't really know. Um, but, you know, one way or another, I think Will Forte said, uh, if Last Man on Earth gets season two, they will start to work on it after season two. If they only get one season, they'll start working on it right away. Would uh, wow. would Phil Lord and Chris Miller be involved, or is that just with Last Man Standing? Last Man Standing. I did it again. Last Man on Earth. Uh, was I, that part of the deal? I can't remember. I don't think right. I saw that. I did see though that the cast was game to come back. So like, uh, well, what else is Ryan Phillippe doing? Well, he's got a new TV show coming uh, out on uh, ABC, I think. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Kristen Wiig. Uh, so is this the first uh, SNL-based or adapted uh, skit to movie that's gotten a sequel? Wayne's World Other 2. Wayne's World 2. Uh, Blues Wayne's Brothers World. 2000. Ah, good one, good one. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good one. No. Oh. It was bad. It was terrible. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I the I think we're kind of past the age of the SNL movie. That yeah, was the that's 90s. why. I'm, that's another reason that yeah. I mean, MacGruber came pretty late in the game. I mean, but I, I mean, I think I think we talked about this back when it came out. But MacGruber may be the best SNL movie there's been. Uh, I, Wayne's World, Wayne's is World still, the original Wayne's World's probably still even the Wayne's there. World two is. It was kind of trashed at the time, but it's really subversive and. And strange. Well, I think that MacGruber didn't do very well because the SNL sketch was one note. It was one joke over and over well, and that, over again. That's every SNL sketch, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, well, I guess, but uh, but MacGruber was really fleshed out, and it was a a total. It wasn't a. Well, I, I, the word spoof is such a weird because you think it's it's. I don't know, but, but I guess it is. It's a, a spoof, it's a of, spoof MacGyver. Of, of MacGyver, but. <clears throat> It's like really violent. It's really, uh, it's really filthy, just all around. Well, it's it's way less mainstream than anything they've ever done. Oh before. God, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the Wayne's World movies. I know you weren't old enough at the time, but they were huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were. It was a big time deal. And uh, I mean, even for, you know, I was. I think when the first one came out, I was thirteen. So I mean, I was right in the wheelhouse for that Wayne's World. Who are you? Uh, I mean, I loved it. And my friend and I, I remember we went and saw Wayne's World 2 at the theater. Uh, and it only came out a year later. So it was that was a super rushed production. And uh, by that time, everybody had kind of gotten over it. And we went to see Wayne's World. It was a, there's a theater here called Northwest. 
they used to have a little annex next to it. It was like four tiny theaters. Yeah, I remember that. And we were the only two people in that building. <laughs> in the whole building. Seeing, watching Wayne's, seeing World Wayne's World 2. This, and this would actually be the, the first SNL movie since MacGruber. They haven't uh, tested those waters again. Well, I'm, I, don't, I haven't watched enough SNL to even uh, know if there would be a worthy enough uh, skit to turn into They talked into about a doing a Stefan movie at one point. Um but they never did. I, I think that uh, this stuff is cut into so many like viral chunks now, and it just lives out there forever. That that's probably not the environment's not really right for it anymore. Because right. yeah, in the '90s, it'd be like, "Hey, you want to see more of Wayne's World? You got to go to the theater." But now you like, "Hey, you want to see more of Stefan? Like, just watch all his clips online." Yeah, I so, remember they were going to do a Hans and Franz movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was a one of the most intriguing ones that that never got off the ground was the Dieter movie, the Mike Myers. Um, oh, right. The German, like, like weird German expressionist talk show host. Right. Uh, and it supposedly, it had cast David Hasselhoff in a role. <laughs> uh, and then something like the script fell apart and they just abandoned it all. And this was Mike Myers at the height of like Austin Powers, uh, fame and right. power. Um, but I mean, I can't think of anything other than Wayne's world. There's, there's World been, Two that I been, that I've liked. Yeah, there's been some bad ones. I mean, it's Pat. Have you ever seen it's Pat? I've never seen it because I remember it kind of so got dumped. Bad. And yeah, then there's Stuart saves his family. Stuart saves his family. Uh, is who directed that? Didn't somebody? Can you look that up, Cody? Because I I think that uh, I want to say that there's a famous director behind that, but I can't remember who it is. Harold Ramis. Ah, uh, it is Harold Ramis. That's what I was gonna say. And that movie just like. I never saw it, and it never. I don't think it got a wide theatrical release. <laughs> just the same with It's Pat. Um, well, you can't. You couldn't throw it on Netflix back then. Yeah, and I never saw the Ladies Man. The Ladies Man wasn't terrible, but it was. I mean, it wasn't good either. What was the last? What are the SNL movies that I can remember? Wayne's World, Wayne's World Two. Let's, see, let's go back and see what Kiko gave Sinis, uh, uh McGruber on Cinesnob. Probably oh. gave it a B minus. You gave it a B. Hmm. I mean, that's. For a comedy, for like a stupid comedy, that's pretty. That's a pretty good grade. <clears throat> I, 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 again, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I don't really remember it. So maybe you should you, revisit it. Fine, I plan on it. Macoube, but it's, it's only on. DVD. It's not on Netflix, right? No, son of a bitch. But you know, I gotta watch a DVD. You know how big a pain in the ass that is now. <laughs> it's a Blu-ray. I have a Blu-ray oh, okay. you can use. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, that's some MacGruber news. Do so you of the think week? it's going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen, or you think this is just wish, wishful thinking? They've been talking about doing this since the first MacGruber came out. They've been talking about doing another one. Do you um, think it depends on the success of the Last Man on Earth? Um, like, like maybe like budgetary, like like they may get a bigger budget, or they may have a a, bit, a better distributor if it's successful. Um, otherwise, I think that they're going to find a way to make this movie for. Minimal, <laughs> minimal money. Because I've I've always liked Will Forte. He's kind of a weird outsider presence uh, that somehow made his way onto SNL. Like the weird stuff he's done since then, like the stuff with Tim and Eric, has been uh, enjoyable. But it's really kind of off putting and strange. <laughs> yeah. I love him on Conan when he plays Ted Turner. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> riding a what's the Buffalo's name? Uh, <laughs> I can't I remember. remember. But that's he was the, great in Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, with Bob Odenkirk, who I also love, mm-hmm. who's also having a great. Uh, maybe Bob Odenkirk will be involved, since Bob Odenkirk is golden now. They all know each other: Tim and Eric, Bob Odenkirk, 
Will Forte. Yeah, that sort of uh, alternative scene. That like weird way alternative scene. Yeah. I guess Bob Odenkirk's the main, like the most mainstream of the th- of the four of them, but now at least. <clears throat> Even Mr. Show was pretty mainstream if you look at it. Well, maybe not in 1995, but yeah. if you look back at it now, it's... And then Bob went off and directed some terrible movies. With Will Forte. Well, and, uh, uh, he also did... Uh, uh, Will Arnett. Yeah, Will Arnett, Let's Go to Prison. Or is that the name of that movie? Let's Go to Prison. And then, uh, what was it? The Brothers... Uh, the Brother Solomon. I don't Brother think they, Solomon. he directed that, did he? I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause I, well, he might have. Let me check. I mean, I've got it right here on my right on the internet machine on my uh, on my laptop. <laughs> uh, he direct, yeah, he did direct the Brother Solomon. Let's go to prison. Yeah, yeah, that was all before Breaking Bad. Better God, I had all. such high hopes for the Brother Solomon. <laughs> really? It was just so bad. Well, because that, that was um, that was Will Arnett coming straight off of Arrested Development, um, and so was. Uh, so it was let's go to prison to an extent, but you know, I was like, Yes, Will Arnett's gonna have this like starring role in a movie and still to this day, other than Thirty Rock, nobody has ever figured out how to use Will Arnett properly. I can't think of a movie that I've liked him in, other than his Batman voice and Lego movie. Let's tie this all together in a bow because uh going back to the Oscars, his performance as oh, Batman. Yeah. Uh I think I can't remember if it was Phil Lord or Chris Miller tweeted out that he was actually wearing Will Arnett was actually wearing a Val Kilmer Batman suit. Who is in MacGruber? Who's in MacGruber? <laughs> ah, it all comes together. Beautiful. But, uh, anyway, so that's going to do it for news. Let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, and only up, we have Focus. At the end of the day, this is a game of Focus. Very clever. All right, now, attention is like a spotlight. And our job is to dance in the darkness. I didn't feel you take that. The human brain is slow, and it cannot multitask. Jesus, when... Human behavior is very predictable. I touch you here, I steal from here. I tap you here, I steal from here. I step to here. You're not going to slap my face, are you? Why? You would if you knew where my hand was. Okay. I get it. I get it. You get their focus. You take whatever you want. Did you guys get the name of the movie's focus? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. In the midst of veteran con man Nikki's greatest scheme, a woman from his past, now an accomplished con woman herself, shows up and throws his plans for a loop. Okay, we all saw this. Uh, I know what Cody thinks of this. Well, uh, you and Cody saw it together right. at a screening I, that I wasn't able to go to. So I, you start because we we're dying to know your opinion. Because I'm going to break us, the tie. You haven't told I'm us. I'm going to break the tie. I love when I break the tie. I love when I break the tie. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Ah, <laughs> high five! Yeah, I uh, I completely think that some of the scenes were ridiculous. Yes. Uh, but I overlooked all the stuff that didn't make any sense just because I was kind of having fun watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything, oh, my God. Okay, first of all, m- more Margot Robbie, please. Robbie, please. She's just, I don't know. She's my new celebrity crush. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. I liked her a lot in it. I, I um, But away from that, that scene with J.D. Wong 
B.D. Wong, yes. B.D. Wong. That's Sorry. my favorite scene in the movie. That scene with B.D. Wong is so fucking good. I love <laughs> that scene. It was really, really, really Oh, because, you know, people just casually bring millions of dollars in briefcases to sporting events. Look, man. Exactly. I didn't care. <laughs> that scene was just so funny, and just I love the way that it played out. Um, okay, yes, there's one too many, maybe two too many twists at yeah. the end. One too many for sure. Which could have I could have completely done without because it was stupid. But um, <laughs> I mean, I just found myself laughing through, especially that BD J, BD Wong BD Wong scene. Um, it's a little too slick at times. That you have mentioned in your uh, review, uh, like Steven Soderbergh's uh, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Yeah, it reminded me more of Soderbergh's uh, Out of Sight. Uh, there's okay. especially like with the music, and there's a scene where George Clooney and um, um, Jennifer Lopez are getting ready to uh, have sex, and the and it's real like cool, and you know the music's playing, and they're like you know um, flirting with each other. That felt like it felt a lot like that uh, with the chemistry between uh, uh, Robbie and and Smith. So um, I, I I thought it was a little too slick in in, in those moments, or a little too uh, Steven Sonnenbergish. There's no real stakes to it. Like, right. like they're doing all this this incredibly uh, complex criminal activity, and you never feel like anybody's going to get caught. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's a little bit of the problem too that Cody had that there was nothing, you know, you knew, you knew nothing was going to happen uh, to them. Um, even though there was, I, I thought there was some genuine twist that worked. Um, but again, I mean, if you throw all the things that don't really make any sense. In, in your back pocket and don't really think about it like the money or um, that whole scene, <laughs> the, the, you know, how the 55, the, the, the 55, I, the idea of the, the 55 without getting too far into the, it. The subliminal messages. The subliminal messages. I oh. mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well done. So. It, well, it, I mean, it, and it's definitely evocative of the oceans series where you're like, how do they get this guy to do this? And then it's, it, you know, it's it's unbelievable, right? But it, it plays into the whole narrative because everything else is unbelievable. It may be, you know, too slick for its own good most of the time, right? And there's a twist at the end that renders another long scene before it totally nonsensical. Right. Several long scenes before it. Well, at least one that I'm thinking of. I can't remember anything else but uh but there's one long scene before it that you're like wait a minute if this happened then why did this yep but then there's another great scene uh that that i liked that took that was took away it was a uh, it was focused on a minor character uh do you remember the pharmacy mm-hmm. uh and it just and you're like what's happening here and then it finally connects with the main oh plot right right that i i really liked i i just i just really enjoyed this movie in spite of all the ridiculousness that that is evident. I just thought it was fun, but Cody, I know you hated it, so so go ahead. No, I I truly hated this movie. Um, and I don't. I mean, I do know why, but there was there's like a visceral hate that I had watching this. Um, I thought that it was um very convoluted. Like the whole story, um, it just it it it, it twisted itself into so many different directions. Where people were double and triple and quadruple crossing each other, um, and I just like it was. I, I just I just felt like nothing ever made sense. Um, 
I felt like it was terribly written. I hated the writing. Um, I like when you say too slick for its own good. I it's one of those films where I feel like it's it thinks it's smarter than it actually is, and I have a problem with that for the most part. The scene you're talking about with B D Wong, I thought was awful. Um, Why? Because that subliminal <laughs> the subliminal stuff was stupid. Uh, the, the so you high... don't think that would have worked? The subliminal no, stuff? No, yeah, but I mean, but you're, we're already living in a world in this film that that these people are executing these just ballet balletic. Is that a word? Balletic. balletic? I like, like that. a ballet balletic like thefts. Like they're picking pockets sure. with chop with chopsticks and you know wheeling it around like Look, it's a dance. If you're buying into this, if you're buying into this world where people bring briefcases of two million dollars in cash into a sporting event then yeah you can probably get past it i never bought into it i never i never got they they tried to execute this level of world building that i was never on board with at all oh i love that con man stuff i wrote that in my review like where they name stuff uh mm-hmm. you know the two jethros and all this like weird oh, like, right. con man names i i just you know i don't believe it for a second and i'm like but it, it, so long as it it sucks me in and this one did uh, I mean, some of the stuff, uh, like that scene that we played, some of that stuff is too like it was too easy. Like, it how was, does he? Yeah, how was, does he take his, her watch? Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Know, ring? It was too easy, and it was too like cutesy, and yeah, I didn't really care for that but kind of stuff. There's like when I say terrible writing, there's that scene where you get like old man dialogue. Where it's like, ah, kids your age and the internet, and it's yeah, but that's but that plays later into the. I assume is what that scene is meant to be. That's the scene that that's the scene that doesn't make sense after the plot is revealed. Yeah, right. But but when you're thinking of it as part of the the long con, then that kind of makes sense. Uh, again, it's one of those things that, that gets rendered uh, narratively fucked up, but at least tonally, <laughs> tonally, when you're thinking about it, when you think about it later, you're like, oh, maybe that's why, because this is part of this. But I, that scene's not great. Um, but I really like Gerald McRaney. I, I, Who is he from again? He he was in Major House Dad. Oh, um, Major Dad. Major no, Dad is I, his big role. That's what I was. And yeah. the original uh, Major Dad, uh, Never Ending Story. That's right. I remember him for Major Dad for sure, though. That's where he was from. Yeah, cool. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I overlooked everything that was. You know, there's a lot of ridiculousness. There's a lot of kind of, uh, you know, just unbelievable shit that happens, but. I, I just enjoyed it totally. I was entertained. I, <laughs> I love that. I did Wong too. And, and like first you see BD Wong and you're like, oh God, he's going to be a cartoon. But it just became really funny to me towards the end. You know, the I way thought it was completely cartoony. I was not into that scene at all. No, I like, I like, I'm just glad that they didn't get what's his name from community to play it. Oh yeah. Ken Jeong. Ken- yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was probably like, what the fuck? Why didn't I get called for this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought Will Smith was good. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. He was. Uh, you never knew where he was standing, and uh, he has that face where he's gonna like cry, but you don't even know. Like he has this great like cry face. I don't know how else to describe it. Like he's about to like explode, but then he like loses his emotions. I don't know. You saw it a little bit in Fresh Prince when Fresh Prince got uh, those serious episodes when his, when he bought the statue for his dad. Heck yeah, it's the best freaking Fresh Prince episode ever. Anyway, uh, so I think I mean, I think he still play. I still I still think that Will Smith is making safe choices in his career, and he needs to do something. I think he really blew it when he turned down Tarantino for Django. 
Um, so I think he needs to break out a little bit more. Do this, something a little bit. This is probably the best thing he's been in since God, what? Pursuit of Happiness, I guess. I mean, he was phoning it in basically for Men in Black Three, right? A movie that I didn't mind so much, but everything else has been kind of, um, what was it? Seven Pounds. Oh, Seven Pounds was terrible. <laughs> and then, of course, After Earth. After Earth was bad. Uh, I, no, I. This is kind of the return to more of a traditional movie star role for him. Right. Uh, Go to cinesnob.net. You can check out my interview with Adrian Martinez, no relation. Who played uh, Who played Farhad. Farhad. I would that, say he's the best part of the movie for me. Farhad. I, I liked it. I, there's nothing I didn't like about this movie. I mean, it's not great or anything. It didn't, you know, it's not a top 10 of the year for me by a long shot, but it's, it's totally enjoyable to me for, from beginning to end, even, even if the stuff doesn't make sense when it all wraps up. But li- few of these, these big con artist movies do like even the oceans 11 movies for all their star power and stuff were it's, it's all kind of like it, everything has to fall to luck and just unbelievable circumstances for everything right. to, to work out. So, I mean, the ridiculousness is part of the genre in my opinion. Maybe I just don't like this genre then. Maybe. Maybe the genre doesn't like you. Maybe uh, you've been conned <laughs> by a sweet-talking con man. Just play, please, you guys, are, you guys are trying to con me into thinking this movie's good. Please, more Margot Robbie and everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about her a lot, but I, I really enjoyed her performance. I think, <clears throat> uh, I don't think she had a lot to do in um, The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. except be naked and pretty. Mm-hmm. But uh, you think she's got a future <clears throat> in some like comedic stuff with the with a role like this? Well, if you can, if you can give Megan Fox a role in a comedy, I'm sure you can give Margot Robbie one. What? What besides uh, f- uh, this is forty? Has Megan Fox done that's? Oh, that's of- what I was thinking of. Yeah, but she was kind of just playing Megan Fox in that movie. Oh, I, they cut the best joke that she had in that movie. It was in the trailer. Remember she. Leslie Mann is looking at her boobs and she's like, Leslie Mann is, how do you, how are your boobs so firm? And she goes, Oh, I'm just young. Oh, and they cut that out of the final movie. So, so true. Anyway, that's why my boobs are so firm right now. <laughs> anyway, I liked it. I'm giving this a, a B minus B minus. Uh, I'm, I'm a B solid B. I liked it uh, quite a bit, quite a B for bit. <laughs> Cody. Uh, C minus. God, you you hated it, you hated it, and it's a C minus. Well, because I think if you if you move into the D range, D range, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you have <laughs> if you if you head into the D's, I think that you um, you're talking about a movie that isn't like well made, and I think that like you, I mean, it looks it looks nice. Um, I could easily go D plus on it, but. Um, Can we con you into a D plus? Fine, D plus. <laughs> We'd want to con him up, not down. Shit. No, wait. We're we're pulling a long con, so we're conning him down. Um, and then later on, we're going to con him up. We should check else. his back pocket because he's missing a wallet right now. I'm wearing Cody's ring right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for reviews. Let's go move on to our last segment. Find a comfy spot on the couch and welcome to No Ticket Required. We haven't done this in a while. Our uh, Netflix picks. We're gonna not gonna pretend to do anything other than Netflix. Net picks. I was going. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe at some point. 
Do what? Do something that wasn't Netflix. Like what? What would you pick besides Netflix? Uh, there's a website called snagfilms.com that shows documentaries. You have to sit through ads, but they're free streaming. Um, who wants to sit through ads? I don't know. People who watch TV? People who get, <laughs> pay for Hulu Plus? Yeah. If I wanted to sit through ads, I'd pay for Hulu Plus. Yeah. That's a Simpsons joke from somewhere. The okay. Simpsons, probably. <laughs> I would, I would assume so. So uh, our Netflix picks. Uh, who wants to start? You want to start, Cody? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna do a movie that I've talked about a few times on this show. Uh, John Favreau's Chef. You love Chef. I do love Chef. It was my number four. That's my, really high on my top ten. I like the movie, but not that much. I was uh, talking to some friends online. Um. There's a guy I know who uh, runs his own food truck in Alabama. He runs a cupcake truck. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like like how unbelievable it is that, in my opinion, that he would be able to buy four briskets from Franklin and sell them at, a, at any kind of <laughs> – at, at anything other than a loss. Uh, I don't I – don't, I don't see that as being weird or not Like believable. if you bought a – like. Like, how would you buy a whole? Like, could you buy a wholesale brisket from Franklin's in in Austin? You can, yeah, you can pre-order food. And but I mean, it. like a whole, like something that would be profitable for you to sell. If you mark it up, yeah. I, but mean, I mean, what would you have to mark it up to? Okay, let me put it this way. Um, you have uh, to remember that Cody will pay an arm and a leg for good food truck food. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: How much do you think a brisket from Franklin is? Well, I don't know because it's it's about uh, like a hundred dollars. Okay. For a brisket, odd hundred dollars. If you sell in the and if you listen to the dialogue in the movie, they're making sliders with the brisket. So if you sell sliders at ten bucks a plate, good lord. And then you start, you start. You what know. if you want a whole brisket sandwich, like the whole thing, just in between two slices of bread? I mean, you're paying a hundred dollars plus. Uh, Heck yeah! I just it, Flintstone I mean, style. Just it was just one of those things to me that was like, like I mean, it's they're just referencing popular culture. No, no, it's totally believable. It, it, you mark <laughs> okay. up your. Have you ever eaten at a food truck? The well, menu yeah, items but are, I mean, the menu items are ten to fifteen dollars a piece. Well, usually. I've never paid for something that. I've, I've never eaten paid a, that much. I've for eaten that. a fifteen dollar hot dog before. I've ate, I ate an eight dollar grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, but only because PayPal was subsidizing. It. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you you uh, yes, you can mark it up and still make money. Um, but uh, back to the movie instead of your, you know. Nitpicking, nitpicking. Look, man, at his look, man, look, man. It's, it doesn't seem picks. like it's it's look, it's it's a high dollar item. It's a good movie. I liked no, it. I liked I it, but I mean, it's just one of the one of those things. I was like, that wouldn't really work. It would. would. It? Yes, of course it would. How is it any cheaper than 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 cooking your own brisket? Because it's higher quality. People will pay higher quality for not having to stand in line at Franklin and get some of their brisket. You just come up to a food truck and have <laughs> Look, it ready. Look, you, right. you were pissed off about the unbelievability of Focus. But it's totally believable. <laughs> you, you can get more than uh, 10 plates out of – if you're selling at $10, you can get more than 10 plates out of an entire five-pound brisket. So it, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. I don't you're, – you're crazy. Anyway uh, – uh, he got him really angry. <laughs> I know. Um, chef. Chef. So uh, this is a movie that I've I've recommended to a lot of people, and everyone I ever tell to watch it absolutely loves it. I think that any – I think I said this on the podcast, but I think that more than any other movie on my top ten, this is the one I feel 
comfortable recommending to just the average moviegoer, someone who doesn't watch, you know, 50, 60 movies a year. Um, someone looking for something different that's not super Hollywood, because uh, it is an independent film. It does have a lot of major actors, but um, in its heart, it is an independent film. It's made on the cheap. Yeah. Man, I, I just have, I still have a problem with that term being interchangeable with style. It's not a style word. I think it though. has, a, and I think it's only when, when you're talking I mean, about well, you budget. Say, but you say it's not a big Hollywood movie. Like, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing really subversive about it, I guess, is the not maybe the right word. But, I mean, this is, it's an independent movie, sure, but it's still a Hollywood style movie. Just because you get Robert Downey Jr. in your movie to take a pay cut, and he probably did it for nothing. Yeah. Well, right, but, I mean, it's not, there's nothing, I mean, it's just a, you know, there's nothing. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, okay. like, I don't know if that would. Right, make just because it a... you paid Robert Downey Jr. less money than he normally would make, doesn't make it a. You know, any it doesn't. I mean, it may, technically makes it a low budget movie, but it doesn't make it like different than a Hollywood movie, if that makes sense. Right. That's not. <laughs> that's not what the word independent film or the words independent. But film you said means. it's not a big Hollywood movie. What are you talking about then? That because it's not it wasn't pe- studio financed. It wasn't. It's not big budgeted. It's it's made independently and then picked up by a distributor. That's what an no, independent I underst- film. I understand, is. but what do you mean by a big Hollywood movie? Like it is. It. I mean, just because it's not paid for by a studio doesn't make it a. Doesn't not make it a quote Hollywood movie because it is it is a unique singular vision from John Favreau. It's un it's untampered with. That's what you get out of independent films. You get visions from directors who don't have to compromise their vision. But it's pretty straightforward, is what I'm what I'm getting at. Like, it there's is. nothing there's nothing about this that that you wouldn't see. Like if it were made by a Hollywood studio, I don't think it would be any different at all. That's your opinion. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, just, I just, I just have a fundamental problem with you saying, "Oh, it's got a big actor in it. It's not an independent movie." But it's, I mean, you did sound like that. that I mean, big actors do independent films all the time, all the time. I understand, but what, what I'm saying is the spirit of it is different than what we're talking about. But anyway, we're getting off on a tangent here. I'm pissing you way off, (laughs) pissing you off way more about this movie than I anticipated. It is kind of funny, but well, yeah, we'll keep fighting me on it. I'm gonna fight you on stuff too. (laughs) Okay, Okay. (laughs) but please go ahead, chef. Uh, it's you know, I think it's a movie that isn't perfect. It's a little long. Um, uh, there's there's some other very minor problems with it. Um, but I, I overlook, it's very easy to overlook, um, kind of the flaws of this film because it's so charming and, uh, it's got an amazing father son relationship. It's super believable. I mean, you can really believe that that's John Favreau's kid. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just a really enjoyable movie. I, 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 I would say that maybe the most enjoyable all around good feeling, uh, uh, kind of charming movie of last year. So please watch it. I, I, I went in search of a Cubano sandwich sandwich after I saw this movie. Did and you I, find one? I did. I found one, but I didn't find a good one. So I don't know if I'm just not going to the right places. But if anybody in San Antonio can... Make your own. Point, point a, Start your own food truck. Point me into the Keep right going. direction without sending me to uh, Cuba, the country of... Um, <laughs> Please let me know. Why did you say the country of? I don't know. (laughs) Um, My only real 
beef with this movie uh, is beef. Uh, besides that fucking goddamn brisket, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Sofia Vergara really has nothing to do. Ah, uh, but at least she doesn't overdo it. She's not. I'm Sofia Vergara. <laughs> Just, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just look, playing I, with you when I look, say shit like that. Look, I've I've dated a Colombian. Have you? Before. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's been a one that looks like Sofia Vergara. Uh, I don't think anybody really looks like <laughs> Sofia Vergara, do they? Anyway, not really. Um, no, uh, it's just that she has kind of nothing to do, and then she kind of gets the standard Hollywood plotline of, uh, you know, the former lover that gets reattracted. I guess. Yeah, that's a really common way of saying it. But yeah, I, I, she didn't really have a lot to do, and then the resolution at the end is is a little too on the nose, I guess. Perfect. I like the I like the Oliver Platt stuff. I like oh, the yeah, no, stuff. Um, do you, <laughs> this is more nitpicking, but I have a weird thing about the the honorarium of uh, of. Uh, Honorific of I'm uh, not honorary. Honorific of chef being used as like a like some how you address somebody. Oh, like like if you say like oh hey chef, like it's not. It sounds like it's a like you're a doctor or something. Right. You're just a cook that went to, <laughs> that went that works at a fancy place. You're not getting. Any. I don't endorse any of this, by the way. <laughs> Cody, chef. Cody's yeah. trying to stay in in good with big food truck over here. And I'm just shooting fucking holes in it all. I'm just like, fuck you, food trucks. <laughs> well, it's like uh, calling a conductor a maestro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like maybe if you work for him, but like outside of. Uh, oh right. You know what okay. I mean, they're like, oh hey chef. Like, oh well, I mean, it's no different than calling someone coach when they're your coach. Well, yeah, but I mean, like outside of it, I don't call coach. Like, if I met Greg Popovich, I wouldn't be like, hey, coach. But um, there's plenty of people who do, though. Okay. I mean, like, I know I know that, uh, especially with football players, if you run into a coach of a football team or whatever, people address them as coach all the time. It's not that weird. What right? would you call him, Greg? I'd say Pop. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a nickname. What? Yeah, 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 because you two are such good friends. <laughs> hey, Pop, what's up? And you slap him on the ass. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate it. <laughs> you give him some <laughs> basketball. Well, whatever Kiko's pick is, I hope Jared nitpicks the shit out of it like he has with Chef. What is your pick, Kiko? Uh, I let's let's not take so much time on my pick. It's uh, my pick is Joe. Uh, it came out last year, early last year. Oh God, jeez, jeez, Joe. What oh. kind of? I remember uh, the only thing I remember about that movie, other than the weird framing of the interview. Um, that you did about it <laughs> that I edited for you. You did it South by Southwest where they framed up, uh, where I interviewed, uh, Nicholas Cage and David Gordon Green. And the cactus was oh, framed that, prominently in the shot. That's not even part of the movie. And that's the only thing you remember. Anyway, I haven't uh, seen the movie. Oh, well then you can't nitpick. Oh, good. I'll still fucking do it. No, <laughs> no I know, uh, that, uh, the station where I work, uh, they had shot right. a weather segment and they never used it. And they never used it. So that's why you hate it. Fuck, fucking Joe. <laughs> well, just to let you know, I mean, you, you people get angry at Nicolas Cage for making any crappy movie. So, and it's true, Nicolas Cage in the past few years has made shit. Uh, left behind, he's in a movie called Outcast <laughs> with him and uh, with him and uh, Hayden Christensen. It's like oh. one of, it's like one of those a uh, sword. Yeah, uh, 
Uh, sword movies? Sword movies, yeah. <laughs> That's what like you call a, it? It's a sword movie. <laughs> yeah. Like a medieval style. Yeah, medieval, yeah. He was in a movie called Rage. Uh, so he's been in a lot. So of let's car- just keep on going down Nicolas Cage's filmography yeah. now. Just sure. Let's, let's list every movie. Well, he's you ever know been what? In. I mean, he was in Stolen in 2012. Uh-huh. Ghost Rider. Keep going, please. Spirit of Vengeance. I want to hear more. I want to hear every single movie he's Trespass been. Trespass with Nic- Nicole Kidman in 2011. Oh yeah, I remember the big. Anyway, deal. Joe was. Pr- it's probably the best thing he's done in the past couple of years. Um, it feels. What would, little- the, what would be the What would be the most recent thing that he's done? That's the most good? recent Joe. No, I, I, before that, I mean, <laughs> he was the voice in Crudes. He was the dad. Okay, but not counting that. Um, you got to scroll way back. I like bad. I I, I like the bad lieutenant in okay. two thousand and nine. So um, he was in Kick Ass too, but I, I didn't really care for that. Anyway, um, Joe, he it feel it reminded me a little bit of um, the movie Mud with um, Matthew McConaughey a couple of years ago. Maybe because he played the kid that plays his son here played the. Uh, kid in um, in mud. <laughs> That's the only reason. It reminds no, me. there's a there, it's a there's a you know uh, minimalist take to the film. Uh, they use uh, uh, non actors in the film. Uh, there's a guy that plays a drunk father who I think they just cast right then and there when they were in this small town. Um, Rest in peace. And he died actually a couple of years before it came out. Anyway, uh, really, really solid film. I think that uh, Nicolas Cage gets overlooked as an actor when he picks really good roles. And he did a great job here. Um, it's not something that was really – no attention was paid to it at all because it came out early in the year and then it just kind of died off. But and David Gordon Green had had a, like a bad, kind of bad streak. Well, I mean I don't think the... he had a bad streak. I mean he had a – Well, no one likes your highness except for me, I think. Well, he went, he went in a different direction is what happened because he used to do a lot of – uh, independent films. Oh God, I fucking hated that one you recommended um, to me. All the real girls. <laughs> really? Fuck, I fucking hated that movie. I love Snow Angels. That's my. I favorite hated. Of his. God, I hated. Uh, and I love Zoe Deschanel, but I hated. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? He used to be in Parks and Rec. That left. Uh, Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. Oh God, I wanted to punch him in the face. Really? I. You but, didn't like the the scene where he's talking about the birds that fly into the. The barn. Man, I don't remember. All I remember is I I liked uh, Danny McBride. I know you didn't. Li- I know what part you didn't like. You didn't like the dancing in the hospital. Oh, I hated that part. Yeah, that part's not great. Um, it's a little. But uh, going back to Joe, Ty Sheridan is uh, Ty Sheridan. He, he's going to be in the new X Men movie, right? So, uh, <clears throat> so he came out of nowhere. Rise. Right, he came out of nowhere in mud, and he's he's done a good job. So, that's my pick. It's called Joe. Don't get scared when you see Nicolas Cage's face on the cover. A bearded Nicolas Cage because everybody knows that you're a better actor when you have a beard. Uh, but it's <laughs> so a really was only a true for Robin Williams. Robin Williams, Nicolas Cage. Um, Who else? I don't know. I'd like to see Will Smith in a beard. Did, kinda... Didn't he? Uh, well, he, he always had the goatee before. That's true. But goatees are out. That's so like. That's so too early. Not Yeah. Anyway, I had a goatee back then. I could never do the. Goatee. Did you have a goatee? I could never do the goatee with a mustache. I did the, because technically that's a Van Dyke. When um, you have the, the mustache and the beard. When you just have the, when you just, when you just have the chin, like the chin hair. Yeah, I did that forever. That when I, <laughs> when I when when I was working at Albertsons when I was in college, grocery store, you weren't allowed to have facial hair, <laughs> except for a mustache. It's true. <laughs> But uh, as soon as I put in my two weeks, I started growing out my goatee. 
I was such a fucking rebel. <laughs> All right, so Joe, um, what about you, Jared? What's your um, net pick of the Netflix pick of the week? Mine uh, is different. Uh, we didn't talk about this in news because neither of you would have anything to say about it. But uh, I would have. Leonard Nimoy, um, actor, director, died on Friday, twenty seventh. Uh, obviously, best known as Spock from Star Trek. You call him Spock and not Mister Spock. I always I never did the Mr. Spock thing. Oh. See, I came on board. One of the first um, the first Star Trek movie I saw was uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home because mm-hmm. I was I was like nine years old and I saw it on HBO, and that's when I fell in love with it, and that's when I started seeking out more stuff. So my pick is Star Trek: The Series. Uh, the Star Trek movies kind of come and go from Netflix. Um, personally, I like them better than Star Trek the original series as it's called. But uh, there's so much stuff in that show that sets the tone for science fiction that came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about when Leonard Nimoy died and he died at 83, which is a, a life well lived, I guess. Right. Um, talk about how he was kind of the first cool nerd. And I don't know if that's Spock was. Yeah. Oh, I don't okay. know if that's, it took a while for that kind of stigma to, to go away. Well, like the it, guy in, on on the computer typing away, and I mean, like, what do you mean, being, nerd? Being smart. Oh, being smart. Being okay. smart and kind of an outcast. Um, I mean, obviously, the world has changed in the past 10, 15 years. Because right. like, when I was growing up, if you wore a Star Trek shirt, can I tell you all? Did I ever tell you all the worst Star Trek shirt I ever had? I think you might might have mentioned it, but re- remind us. It was you, the show Deep Space Nine. It was a Star Trek uh-huh. spinoff of The Next Generation, aired in the mid-90s. <laughs> I got a shirt for my birthday, I think, or Christmas, uh, and it has a picture of – it was black, and it had a picture of the space station, Deep Space Nine, except all over the black shirt, there were little white flecks of paint to reflect stars. So, like, the back of the shirt was even covered in, in white flecks of paint. So it looked like I'd been painting the house. <laughs> And people made so much fun of me when I wore that to school. <laughs> I think I never wore it to school again. Um, Kids are cruel, but it, but it's something that's become really acceptable now and really kind of cool. Thanks no, to it the, hasn't. I'm just kidding. Thanks to the, <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> thanks to the J.J. Abrams movies, uh, I guess especially, and and a we and frankly a weird licensing agreement because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, probably not, but oh, I have. <laughs> When these Star Trek films come out, you never find any merchandise for the Star Trek movies, the new stuff, the J.J. Abrams stuff, because that's owned by Paramount Studios. And then CBS Studios, which is kind of an offshoot of it, owns the original series. So you can go to Target and shit and buy stuff from the original series, like with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy on it. But you can never really find anything. The new stuff. The new stuff. Um, So it's been like top of mind like its presence has been i guess blown up in the last couple of years so uh i mean i think it's it's the it's a good time to revisit it it's i mean it's very very 60s it's very cheap looking um right but it's just there's just so much so much uh history you know that and star wars are, are pretty much what defines science fiction today so yeah that's true and then Leonard nimoy um I don't know how much you have pre- you, how many of Star Trek films you've ever seen or TV shows or stuff. But he did stuff like he directed uh, Three Men and a Baby, 
which was the highest grossing movie of 1987. And then I uh, love Three Men and a Baby. But do then, you see uh, the ghost? Are you are you are you a believer of the little dead boy ghost? Uh, Cody, if, do you if, know about the dead baby boy ghost in Three Men and a Baby? Nope. If uh, if I had seen it on VHS, like recently, I mean, I did see it on VHS, but I never saw that. That was never called out to me. That was kind of a thing that I found out about later. Oh, but do you remember that? There was that and the uh, in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, the hanging of the yeah. But it, it's funny, like you see those later in like high definition or whatever, and you can actually see what's happening. Like the the hanging of the the person in the Wizard of Oz is a bird, oh right, uh, flapping its wings, and then uh, in Three Men and a Baby, it's um, cardboard cutout. Is it Ted Danson or Tom Selleck? I think it's a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. Yeah, that somebody stuck in the window. <laughs> that people thought was a dead ba- a dead boy, a dead baby. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny, you know, he was a director, directed that and a few other things, and then his last few movies kind of bombed out, and then he was done. Yeah. He didn't direct anything else. And then he was Spock forever, which is fine with him and fine with me. I thought, I mean, I respect what he did in sci-fi, definitely. I wasn't a big fan of him being included in the J.J. Abrams movies, just because oh, it was right. kind of a too easy thing, but... How old is um Kirk? Shatner, I think, is 84? I mean, they're Man, very man. old. He doesn't I'm, look 84, though. Uh, I met him last year at uh, the Wizard World Comic Con that was here. I think I, I of all the well of all the survivors that are left, I've met them all. And uh, it's funny because because everybody hates everybody seems to hate William Shatner, but he never talks shit about anybody else. But the rest of them will talk shit about him, <laughs> like at the drop of a hat. Like George Takai will talk shit about him at the drop of a hat. George Takai, I think he's a little younger. I think he's in his 70s but yeah star trek is my pick cool i've only seen a handful of the old old ones trouble with tribbles is the only one, one that i remember they're uh they're not easy to sit through if you're used to modern stuff but once you kind of get used to the to kind of the trippy 60s aesthetic and the fact that all the women are wearing mini skirts and fishnets and keep going i hear it Cody's really bored over here. Oh, uh, I fell asleep during that. So you're a fan, but you're a fan of the Abrams Star Trek. Uh, I am. Yeah. Have you ever tried to go back and watch the original series? Because the the Abrams ones are really influenced by the original series. No, I just know that there's that scene of William Shatner fighting the uh, the lizard or whatever. The Gorn King. Yeah, and it makes me laugh. (laughs) I don't know how I could ever take anything like that seriously. Oh no, I mean it's not. I mean it's it's difficult. Especially since, like, just 10 years after that, sci-fi got really kind of serious. or Well, not serious, but more more kind of realistic and lived in with Alien and... Uh, yeah. Excuse me. And uh, Star Wars. But, uh, man, I keep burping and it tastes like bananas. Ugh. <laughs> I had a banana for breakfast. Oh, okay. that explains it. So, uh, it, it's, and it's weird. It's bananas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, we have no banana. And I ate a banana too, you guys. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's not for everybody. Uh, you'd probably be fine watching five or six episodes. I mean, watch the watch the big ones. Watch the Tribble, Trouble with Tribbles. Watch the Space Seed. It's it's the uh, movie that Man, the Wrath of Khan is based on. I got too many current shows to watch to be messing with fifty year old Star Trek episodes. <laughs> I just. <laughs> 
Look, man, <laughs> I can't. it's on fucking Netflix. You can just watch it whenever. Got to go back to the roots of this. Got to go back to the. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. And it, it's it is kind of sad that uh, that this is put. This is kind of ruined any chances. I mean, like it's the worst thing in the world. But there were talks about uh, actual William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy scenes in whatever Star Trek Three ends up being. Yeah, that's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> Hard-hitting analysis there. It's a bold (laughs) statement. Bold statement from Kiko. Uh, Okay, so that's going to do it for this week. What do we got next week? Besides our screening Uh, of The King of Kong, March 4th. Are we going to do a review of The King of Kong? Oh, we, can, we can do a segment on it. We can talk about it, and then we can uh, play this. Deep, I think we should not talk Q&A. about it and pretend like it never happened. <laughs> uh, Cinderella is next week, right? Or is that no, the week after? It's Chappie and it's Unfinished Chap- Business. Are Chappie the and Unfinished Business. Dang, man. Both of which are screening on the same night as our screening. Yeah. So, so we're right. actually going to have to go out and to the movies with, with the common folk. With the common folk and watch it. Well, you go like late Saturday night. Like you saw Focus late Saturday night, right? Early Sunday morning. How like how is that? Uh, oh, I was one of four people in the theater, in a really? huge theater. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how it's doing box office wise. Cody, can you look that up? Uh, yes, Jared, I can. Uh, if, is anything going to unseat un- uh, Fifty Shades of Grey this week? You know what? It's it's not as it's not as big an opening as you'd think. It's only going to hit about nineteen million. Is that good? For, is that good enough for number one? Uh. It is, yes, okay. but only because um, it's the only wide release. Yeah, because like, well, uh, the the Lazarus effect opened up wide or oh, semi wide, right. and it only made about ten million. Kingsman was number two this week, then Fifty Shades. Uh, Lazarus effect, we didn't get to screen. Please tell me why <laughs> Mark Duplass is in that movie. Does he just have bills to pay? I mean, you don't start off as an independent filmmaker like that. That independent. I mean, he's. I mean, he's made connections. He's made friends. I'm sure he's doing look, somebody I mean, a favor. Look, if you've ever heard, uh, I think it was David Cross talk about doing the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. You should definitely listen to him or read. I don't remember if it was. I I, I read that. Um, the David Cross is different though, because David Cross talks shit. Yeah. Uh, about anything like he. I remember a, a bit about him like talking about Evanescence. The band that was big in like the early two thousands, yeah. just talking shit about selling out. But but David but David Cross will write about how doing those movies paid for the house he lives in, and so which I don't. But give yeah, a shit. that's fine. That's fine. But I mean, you don't go out and pretend like it's some kind of fucking great piece of art, like most actors and directors do. I mean, <laughs> at least call it out or something. I don't think. I don't think most people do that. I remember uh, reading about the Alvin and the Chipmunks thing. Brian, I mean, is uh, Pat Oswalt talking about him and Brian Posehn like throwing the script across the room, and David Cross went and picked it up. <laughs> essentially, you know. But the thing with that is that Mark Mark Duplass is already doing so much indie stuff still, right? That like if he goes off and does a shitty little movie to make I mean, money, he's, who he's, cares? Yeah, he's probably making money, which he's going to use to make another. Well, I mean, he signed indie, indie films. So. They signed that Netflix deal where they're going to do original movies for Netflix. Well, and, and he has a show on uh, he HBO. Has HBO show together. When is that starting? It's almost over. The last episode of the first season's tonight. Oh, I just think it's interesting how. <laughs> oops. <laughs> but you like that show? That's oh, it's great. So I'm what I'm. I guess I'm getting at is like it's interesting to see what uh, directors like that who have done something so off the radar and so you know um, artistic all, all of a sudden do something so commercial and 
that kind of happened uh, mid '90s with Edward Burns. I don't, he's yeah. well. I don't think he was on the same level as Mark Duplass, but he made independent films, and his girlfriend was in the first one that was terrible. I uh, should, I should, I have a correction. There's two more episodes left in the season. Oh, you Cody can catch up. Me. You can catch up. That's why you can't watch Star Trek is because you're watching all this other shit. It's really good. <laughs> uh, togetherness is great, and uh, and it's all Jay and Mark. I mean, they've written almost every episode. They've directed all but one episode, which was directed by Nicole Hall of Center. All right, I love me some Nicole but, Hall of Center. But I know I do agree with you that it is weird that you know they make this acclaimed indie stuff and then they just go do shit. But nobody, I I think I think, but I think this is the first time he's done that though. That's putting no, he was in Tammy. He was in Tammy, but that's oh, I think that's like putting, just a sleep in Tammy. Basically, <laughs> right. it's putting too much pressure on someone who like they make indie movies and then you just and if they don't do an indie every single time, if you're expecting ooh what a sellout, like it's I just don't see things that way. I mean I I get that Mark Duplass is like. A, a godfather of indie film at this point, but um, I'm not talking about going out and doing an indie film, but just doing going and doing work that isn't shitty. Well, I don't <laughs> if it pays well. I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I get God it. Bless but, him. But there is a there is the <laughs> God re- bless him. <laughs> <laughs> there is the real kind of sense of, uh, and I've talked about this before with a bunch of other stuff is protecting your brand. You don't want to be the guy that like, yes, makes but, great independent films and then just doesn't does does any kind of shit but, they throw at you. But look, if this was a Duplass Brothers present the Lazarus effect, then I would understand. But it. do you think anybody that, like outside of that circle that knows what they do puts two and two together like that? No. I don't think that anyone outside of that circle gives a shit. Yeah, no. But if you see like, oh, here's that guy in that piece of shit Lazarus effect, or there was the fucking terrible love interest in Tammy, I. I Look, I don't care if you make money. I don't care if you sell out. But it just seems like there's levels that you could not sink to. I don't know. He's in the league, which is a pretty. I mean, that's not an independent sensibility show. It's pretty broad. And no, I know, but I mean, that's. I wouldn't say that's shit either, though. I think about, but it's hard because if I was an actor, I think about it. If you're an actor, wouldn't you want to do something just completely different every so often, just to see what? I mean. Somebody gave you an opportunity to do a horror movie, and it's your first opportunity. I guess. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do you it. Can, you can show range, even then, if it's in a bad movie. And then, uh, you know, you, if you get asked by a friend like oh, Olivia Wilde, I'm sure got him in somehow, or maybe they worked together because they were working. Uh, they worked on um, what's that one other indie film that they did? Um, anyway, they were they worked with some on something together. So I mean, it's kind of hard to look. I mean, you can tell be somebody a, like that. No, you can be a an actor who. Uh, who does only good movies that you believe in and you love, but you might be a poor actor if you don't. No, I understand. If you, tr- if you you know start turning stuff down that's going to pay you money. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I can think. you think of any actor ever who has only done great films? Like only that's the only decision they ever make. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I think that I don't know. I think it'd be more. It's interesting because he or it's different because he's a director and an actor. So I don't know if you would ever. I mean, it would be interesting if he would direct something like. Transformers, but or... just think about it like just <laughs> proportionally speaking of how many terrible movies there are in proportion to good movies. I mean, you're going to end up in some bad movies just because two thirds of movies that come out are not good, statistically I speaking. I think you have to look. I, I got, uh, I haven't put it up at the website yet, but I got to, a chance to interview uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who directed uh, Drive and Only God Forgives, and I talked to him a little bit about that. and because he's not somebody that's quote unquote sold out yet, and I asked him if he what he he defined that as, and if he would ever, you know, go if somebody offered him a 
to direct something big. What did he say? Are you going to make us wait to read it? No, I mean, he just said he's gotten, he's had the opportunity. He didn't name name names or anything, but he said he's been given the opportunities to direct some big stuff, but he's always turned it down. Um, just because he didn't feel like he was the right person for the job. And it's because he feels like he's an auteur and he wants to stay artsy. And I'm sure, you know, taking on a huge project, like, you know, I mean, I, I would, mean, they're giving people like whoever's directing Jurassic Park. What did he do before a one indie movie? Um, well, so, yeah, there's, I mean, the sense that, uh, that it's, it's funny in Hollywood. There's, I think I may have mentioned it before the book by Tom Lennon and Robert Ben Garant talks about how it's a, it's a book about screenwriting and how directors can be, are typically the only one on the set that's ever a first time does that job for the first the time. The director. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's definitely a position. It's definitely an easy position to get someone to sell out for, I guess, because all of a sudden, everybody else is doing everything's happening around you automatically. They know what they're doing, and then you're just kind of there, like, okay, you just got to kind of direct. But I mean, I, <laughs> but I mean it's an easy one to to get someone to sell out for, I guess, because it's because you know selling out as an actor, you know, you got to pay your dues. People have to see you. You know, you can't really just you know come from nowhere. It's not like you, I mean, unless you're doing something else before, like you're a model or something, and they offered you. Million dollars for a role. I don't know. I think Mark Duplass is an underrated actor. I know Cody feels the same way. Um, I just I feel, don't think I feel very strongly about that. I just don't think something like the Lazarus effect is gonna help, and other, other than make him some cash, and maybe he can use that. <laughs> maybe he but can it, use that to like make. It's not like he's making. It's not a high profile film, though. It's not. Well, like it's but it's one of those Blumhouse movies that are low budgeted. So basically, whatever they make is making some sort of profit. Yeah, also, we're talking shit because none of us have even seen Dude, this. Dude, and, and I would fucking sell out in a heartbeat, too. But look, I mean... <laughs> yeah, me too. Look, I mean, I, I'm just looking... The Lazarus Effect is budgeted at $3.3 million. So whatever they make... I mean, even if they have, like, a, a $10 million weekend, that's tons of profit for them. So Money, 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 money. How fast would you sell out? In a heartbeat. Dude, I, that would be the first project I ever did. It would just be the shittiest thing that paid the most. Mm-hmm. And would, but would you still talk shit like in interviews and stuff? Because I read an interview with Mark Duplass. It would depend the other day, and it was kind of really highbrow and and like, you know, it's it's ostensibly to promote the Lazarus effect, but it was really kind of on a level that was like, man, come on. It, I, I don't know. I mean, it just it depends on you know if you're in the position of Mark Duplass, where you know those guys get credited for for helping create a, a movement in independent film. I, I would like to think that I'd be an actor that would be like, yeah, I made that shitty movie last year. But it would be hard because he'd be burning bridges. You know what? I used to – before he went to the dark side, Dennis Miller used to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember his – he was in that Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just talked so much shit about it. He's like, look, it was – they offered me – they backed up a truck to my house full of money and I took it. Yeah. And like that was when promoting the movie. And it, I think it, it helped play into the charm of the whole thing just because nobody gave a shit about it, period. But then he became all right wing, and I think I talked about this before. But Dennis uh, Miller's the biggest casualty of nine eleven for me. Is it? <laughs> oh my god! The uh, I've mentioned this on the show before, but um, send your letters to Jared Kingery, care of. Are you gonna finish your joke? Nine eleven was an inside job dot com. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, how do you come back from that? Um, I used to I used to listen to this radio show, and and uh, one time they had. Uh, Michael Madsen on who was just they were going through his filmography and he was just like oh I did this because I needed to pay bills I did this because like he was just openly 
saying how terrible. Was he like, I beat my wife, so I had to get money for legal defense. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> wasn't that? Wasn't he arrested for that? I don't know if he was. Maybe you don't want to. You know, like my yeah, Michael Madsen is going to come kick my ass, right? <laughs> oh shit! It's Michael Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I, I I'd rather them do that, but I I see that happening when you know a few years down the road they'll go back to oh yeah in the eighties I made this crap yeah movie. I mean man if Michael Madsen didn't like assault his wife you you look like a real dick right now <laughs> are you gonna look it up I am all right while you're looking he has it up. a line of hot sauces <laughs> like Billy he cut Mitchell. somebody's people uh, ear off somebody somebody that ear. was me searching wife by the way. <laughs> <laughs> What? What do you mean? You've come up with hot sauces after Michael Madsen? Oh, wait. This is a different Michael Madsen. Oh, Jesus. Is it? Yeah, this is different. God, there's so many Michael Madsons. And there's Mads Mickelson. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he looks like. <laughs> that, that'd be a good uh, SNL skit. I want a buddy comedy with Michael Madsen and Mads Mickelson. <laughs> oh. What's the one that they did on SNL with the two actors? I can't remember their names now. There was uh, I, my one of my... God, I, look, I, took, I put wife in again. You're, you just made a terrible statement about Michael Madsen. What, what, there was the John Hams, John Ham that I loved. No, there was another one with um, the guy from My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, uh, Rupert. Rupert Everett. No, and, no, it, no, it was uh, Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah. They go. <laughs> they made a, Dylan it. Yeah. <laughs> so, they made a joke about that uh, in... Uh, the campaign, if you remember, uh, the extended edition of that. Nobody saw that. The campaign. I liked the campaign. Okay, Michael Madsen. Um, okay, he was he went to jail for DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, arrested in Malibu for child endangerment. So maybe he didn't beat his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but look, he's been arrested. Okay, he's been to jail. I don't know. <laughs> Look, let's just throw accusations <laughs> at the wall. Michael Madsen's been to jail. I'm just going to say that. I I retract my statement about beating his wife. <laughs> but he's been to jail, and maybe he's he's needed to pay bail. Look, we times. don't have money to pay for like a slander suit, so you need to get your <laughs> shit together. Fuck. When you start making these accusations. All right. So where were we at? Uh, next week. Next week. <laughs> uh, Chappie. <laughs> Which uh, Neil Blomkamp, director, has been getting a lot of buzz lately. This movie better be good because people have been talking up, talking him up, like for, for the alien. last two weeks for whatever Alien sequel he's got in the pipe. Th- to me, that seems uh, if they're already focusing so much on that, maybe that this Chappie movie is not very good. Is it? Is it? Is it basically because Hugh Jackman's in it and they retrain a robot? Just reminds me yeah. of uh, look. What was the movie that he was in with the robots fighting? Uh, 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 real, real steel. steel, real steel. Where you cracked your ass up laughing. When it at the punched beginning. the fucking bull. Oh my god, <laughs> I loved that so much, and the rest of the movie didn't live up to it. It reminded you of the uh, Bugs Bunny bull yeah. cartoon. Like I mean, Elysium is terrible. A really, really bad movie. Yeah, uh, not good. And so I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen in this one because he's he's. I mean, to me personally, he's he's seeming like a one trick pony. Uh, and, uh, ah, but he's only done one thing, so he's yeah, done he two is. things. Well, two things. Well, but District Nine kind of came out of nowhere and took people by surprise. It did, but Elysium was not different enough. Yeah, and then this one, if there's like, if this is another thing that has like a like a, a, a it's not exactly thinly veiled, but a veiled social issue that 
takes place with some sort of aliens or robots. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's that's what it's this the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. I agree. So I mean, this really needs to be different in order for for Blomkamp to be able to come back because. With how great District 9 was, Elysium was just as terrible. Well, I mean, people, like you said, have already moved on to this alien thing. Right. And are already calling him the savior of the alien franchise. Yeah, t- yeah. Even though they're, already, they're making a Prometheus 2? Uh, yeah, that was the plan. I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I've never been a big fan. I, liked, I like Alien and Aliens, but I've never been a big fan of the other stuff at all. I think the ship has sailed. Does Chappie have a, from the trailer, he sounds like he has like a French accent. It's Charlotte Copley. Of no course, way. doing the voice of Chappie. So what is Charlotte Copley, British? He's South African. Oh, he like, is? Yeah. Which oh. is basically British. Like, <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah. they're British colonists. I mean, he's got a British accent. I'm Chappie. Anyway, anyway that's enough of uh, this. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, God, and Michael Madsen's going to go kick my ass. Shit. Put the wine and the coconut, drink them both up. Isn't that the song they play in Reservoir Dogs when he's cutting the oh, guy's ear? Stuck here? in oh. the middle with you. Oh, <laughs> stuck in the middle with you. Stuck yeah. But sing the Coke Wine and the Coconut song. I like that coconut song. That's, be- that's a better choice. <laughs> Go back 22 years and replace that in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, anyway, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can call us at 920-FILM-210. It's 920-3456-210. Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're at the screening, come say hi, right? Yeah. yeah. We're not really snobs. Come tell Cody uh, uh, about your experiences with food trucks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and by the way, if any of Michael Madsen's representation is listening to this, um, I, I do not agree with anything that Jared Kingery said. That was At all today, right? Yeah, that was 100% him. I had nothing to do with it, and I will not be named in a suit. But I will uh, I will give testimony <laughs> as to Jared's past. You can recommend good food trucks to hatred. eat at while the jury's on, on yeah. lunch break? I had a food truck last night. And we are yeah. looking for a replacement. What did you have, food truck? A replacement for Jared Kingery. Yeah. The seat's uh, yeah. going to be open. I had, a, <laughs> I had winner, winner, chicken dinner. How much did you pay for that? It was eleven bucks for uh, a, a the sandwich and loaded tater tots. Do you think that's a good deal? Uh, it was really good, so yeah, I'm fine with it. That uh, seems like such a young man's game, doesn't it? Chico? <laughs> what food trucks? No, I mean just like this expensive food. Remember, yeah, I, remember I'm... we were in South by South. We were in Austin for South by Southwest a few years ago, and we went to Stubbs. And Cody was like, "You should go to Franklin's." And we're like, we want to fucking eat right now, <laughs> not in three hours. Look, man, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Either you know, it, just go to the dollar menu at McDonald's if you want. But I prefer high quality cuisine. I can't defend spending fifteen dollars for a sandwich, but no, I, I mean, it, it sometimes it's good, but like as a as a practice, you have to know if you're going to eat at a food truck, it's going to be marked up. You're going to pay extra. I mean, it's just that's just that's just what it is. I have a goal uh, every South by Southwest, at least during the interactive event, is to eat as much as I can for free. And I did pretty well last year. Oh, yeah, you didn't go hungry? No, because uh, do you remember last year Seven uh, Eleven started selling pizzas? And if you t- <laughs> if you tweet it, disgusting. It's actually okay. I'm uh, somewhere between a $15 sandwich and a Seven Eleven pizza, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was part of the goal was to eat for free. 
And you could tweet at 7-Eleven, like tweet your location to them, and they'd send a bike messenger with a fucking pizza. Cooked? Yes. Oh. Oh, by the way, 15 uh, nobody said $15 sandwich. How much was it? The sandwich was $8. Okay. And then the tater tots were 3 I guess. Tax? A drink? Yeah. What'd you get no drink? drink. No drink. Oh, How do you eat without drinking something? Yeah. Because we uh, – okay, if we want to know about my <laughs> life, we walked back to the bar and drank, and, uh, and uh, ate it at the bar. Oh, so you drank beer. I can't drink beer. I drink beer. water. I can't drink beer and eat. I don't like that either. Yeah, I don't I can know do why. it every now and then, but – I had water. Uh, I, got, I have to eat dinner first and then drink. I can't drink a beer and eat a steak at the same time. But hey, I I endorse the uh, the old. Uh, I mean, like, I, if you eat at a food truck, it's gonna be anywhere from eight to fifteen dollars for one person. And this is one of those roach coaches, dude. That's that's how there was used to be a guy that would come by my dad's uh, shop selling tacos out of a like a fucking ice chest on the front seat of his truck. Was it worth sitting on the toilet for th- you know the next three hours? It was cheaper than fifteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to the same place, guys. Yeah, look, it all it's all shit when the day is done. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you paid fifteen dollars for it, you're, if you're like, oh yeah, this is a good shit that I'm having. <laughs> well, then why eat anything at all? Because you need su- sustenance. Yeah, but why wouldn't you eat just like the mush that's in? in okay, no, can I ask no, a like question? In the Matrix, <laughs> Matrix <laughs> or like RoboCop mush. would eat the ro- the applesauce. Yeah. Stuff. So is it uh, like the food truck stuff you get? Is it normal stuff? Or is it different? Like, is it different in some? Because like, the, I had a look. I'll admit, I had a grilled cheese sandwich at a food truck up in Austin that was really good. They made it with the King's Hawaiian bread. Um, I mean, it, I don't. I again, I had like a PayPal thing that was made it free. But if you're if you're eating at a food truck, it's usually going to be different in some way. Whether it's like high quality ingredients, if the menu items are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a special creation that you can't get anywhere else, you know, stuff like that. So what you had last night, was it different than what you would get at a like a normal chicken place? Yeah, I mean it was a uh it was a it, it was like a, a sandwich that was on toast and it had like buffalo uh chicken strips um with some other stuff on it and then the tater tots were loaded with like bacon and cheese and sour cream and stuff like that. Sounds like something you get at Hooters. Mhm. I was just thinking uh... that. And how much are you going to pay at Hooters for that? I pay whatever to see some bobas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm paying extra for. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the atmosphere. If I want to stand on the street and eat, sure. I better have some so, so, to look at. so yeah, so that's basically your mark for a good restaurant. If I can see like women wearing low cut shirts, then it's worth paying fifteen dollars for my meal. Like that's your standard. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much? <laughs> how much did you pay for that Cuban sandwich you ate after oh, seeing Chef? Shit. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I uh, look twelve bucks. Yeah, I've paid expensive. I've paid for expensive meals before, but if I got to eat it like at a fucking picnic table, I'm I'm a little more weary of spending twelve dollars for a meal. I'm than, not. I'm not. I'm like. I mean, I. You want I, somebody to pull open pull pull out that chair for you? What about when you went to the barbecue place? Barbecue place. What barbecue place? The Granary. How much did you spend that night? Oh, he hated that though, but he's not. He never defended that at all. Did you? I didn't hate the food. I just hated paying that much. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. The fine dining stuff is not for me, and I have. I know people personally who have like eaten at like Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, which 
you're like, I want to pay a lot of money, but I don't want it to be a nice place. Like, well, no, but but I'm talking about like the difference between like fifteen dollars a person versus like you know what you probably Whatever. spend is like forty dollars. Oh, a dude, person. yeah, fuck right. that. I mean, I, I fucking hate that. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, the the food at the granary was great. I mean, but I'm never gonna go there again just because the pr- the price is insane. It's insane. No, I mean, I, I'll. Sp- and if I spend twelve to fifteen bucks on myself, okay, it's fine. But any any, I mean, if I'm sitting down and eating it, okay. If I'm at a food truck, I feel a little less inclined to. I'll still do it, and I've still done it, but it's just. But it's also a cool way to support, you know, small businesses, so to speak, and people who are, you know, they're cooking everything up on the spot. Everything's made to order. I've it's, never had something that's not good. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. But I mean, I do think. Eight dollars for cheese and some Hawaiian bread is too much. Okay, but that's a very simple, uh, a very simple dish. You know, eight dollars for a nice sandwich or some sliders. <laughs> the, or... the thing that gets me, is, <clears throat> like I said, I spent like twelve, fifteen dollars for a, a really freaking amazing hot dog. Uh, uh, yeah. Last year, I remember during Fiesta, and. Um, Great, great hot dog. I'm not kidding you. It's, I mean, even the crap that they threw on top that I would never put on a hot dog regularly was amazing. But after I finished it, I was still hungry. <laughs> you know, that's what gets me. I'm like, shit, I'm still hungry. And I need to, you know, it was just one hot dog if you think about it. So you got to go and, you know. Really, isn't life just all about one hot dog? True. It should be a- One hot dog is never enough. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying that for years, but... No matter how tall or high you pile the crap on it. One hot dog and a pair of buns. <laughs> We're getting back That's to you. Uh, That's all you need. All right. That's enough. I'm trying, to look at, I'm trying to look at the exact uh, uh, menu item that I ate last <laughs> night so I can accurately. I don't want to sell this place short. They actually didn't have what I wanted at first. What did you want? I wanted a uh, their chicken burger. Um, but they didn't have it. What is that? Is it like a, is it ground up? Yeah, it was like, it was like ground chicken and had like a fried egg and bacon and avocado and stuff like that. How much was that? It was eight bucks too. I can't, I can't do avocado. I'm allergic. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Cody and I were eating at Torchy's. What a wuss. Well, it's not a wuss (laughs) thing. It just makes my lips numb. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. Texas Toast... With chicken, cheese, bacon, lettuce, tomato, buffalo sauce, and Southwest sauce. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, shit. So I didn't even think about when I had the Oscar party the other night. Was there anything you couldn't eat? Just the Guacamole. I, I didn't eat the guacamole. It's oh, only been like a recent development that I've noticed it. All of a sudden, I was because I, I used to eat avocado, you know, like on a sandwich or something. But then all of a sudden, it started making my lips numb. I don't know why. It's weird, right? That is weird. It's a kick-ass story, though. It's like, hold on, I'm allergic to avocado, guys. But let me tell you how I found out. Do you have to carry an EpiPen just in case? No. No. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. Like I. That's a shame. Avocados are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to get any better than that. So I'm going to wrap up. Uh, Ken, please come out to, to our screening March 4th. Um, March 4th, 7.30 p.m., Alamo Draft House, West Lakes. Come say hi to us. We're going to have some prizes to give away. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So 
On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viavagna. And I'm Kiko Martinez. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.